All right, so the order of what we're going to do this evening is printed in the bulletins, and they are, there's one copy of those on, the, on each table. Um, in a moment, we will be going through each one of these parts. What we're doing tonight is they call a Seder meal. Um, not everybody's participated in these before. Um, some have, and many times. It's, it's remembering... Um, an event that took place, you know, 3,500 years ago, an Exodus event, the, uh, the time when God had sent plague after plague to the Egyptians. Every time Moses went to the Pharaoh, he said, Pharaoh, let my people go. And Pharaoh said, no. So there came a plague. And then there was another plague. And he thought he'd be convinced. So Moses went to the Pharaoh and said, let my people go. And Pharaoh said, no. Nine times, nine plagues, tremendous hardship on the entire nation because of the pride and the arrogance of Pharaoh, the hard heart of Pharaoh. On the tenth plague, um, death of the firstborn came. And it reminds us that as soon as the Adam and Eve were exited out of the, the Garden of Eden, that from that very moment on, God had a plan about bringing everybody home. And it was just acted out over the entire Old Testament story, his plan. And one of the features of that plan is directly linked to the meal that we remember tonight, this Passover meal. The lamb we eat will be echoed in later on with the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ himself, the Son of God. The unleavened bread, um, the wine, the meal that he'll be, it will be now the new covenant made. So the covenant of the Passover established long before Jesus was then perfected in Jesus to bring all this home. Yes, it was death passed over that time, but with Jesus Christ, his death passed over for all eternity, for all who believe. So these events are beautiful in history. They stir up a lot of thoughts for us, for those of us that can read that story again and just connect with that, um, that history of who we are. So um, this is an event that the Jewish people have been doing ever since. On that Passover meal, God said, this is a perpetual ordinance. You'll do it on this way at this time every year, period. And they have. On the, when you get to that equal days in the time, the first full moon, the 14th day after that, boom, the time is set. They will do this. They will celebrate the Passover. An unblemished lamb, echoing to Jesus, unblemished, without stain, without sin, the son's, the father's first and only son. So all these things are swirling. Hopefully as you participate in the night, a lot of Bible stories will come to mind. And maybe just tonight you'll have a thought of how you're connecting with Judeo-Christian people for thousands of years. Yes, it's us here in Fayetteville, Arkansas, in this mission congregation, Emmanuel Lutheran Church. But in this meal tonight, we're connecting with people through many thousands of years. And I think it's beautiful. Pay attention to the words tonight, folks. Pay attention to them. We're not going to be in a hurry. Listen to the words. And when you taste the foods, let those foods anchor you into the message. And um, when we're done with this part, as it says, we're just going to get up and we're going to move quickly. Like we're going to move with purpose. Maybe not in a rush, but we'll move with purpose to the sanctuary space. After the, um, the Egyptians had that Passover and the Pharaoh said, go, go. And the people of Egypt said, here's our gold and our silver. Get out of here. Go as fast as you can go. God told them it was going to happen. That's why they had to eat in a hurry with their, their sandals on their feet and the staffs in their hand. That He knew it was going to happen. God always knows. 
Um, so we're going to go from here to the sanctuary space. And then we're going to remember the Lord's Supper, how he took that ancient covenant and he brought it into the new covenant of this new sacrament of his body and his blood. And then after that, we're going to continue on with the service. And we're going to close tonight with the, uh, the stripping of the altar. That's a, a, a piece for us to remember that uh, Jesus was stripped. He was brought down. He was um, sh- supposedly shamed in front of the world, but for him it was his victory dance. And we'll talk more about that tomorrow potentially. Um, but we're going to remember that. And then when we leave tonight, we ask that you just leave quietly. Um, the last thing that the choir will do after they sing the song and the altar is stripped, each one of the choir members will go and they'll come to the cinder aisle. They're going to reverence uh, then the stripped altar and that cross hanging on the wall, and they're going to leave one by one. And I ask us to do the same thing tonight. When you leave tonight, one at a time, make your way to that center aisle, face the altar and the cross, and just bow. If you've got nothing else to say, just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Powerful words. Bow, and then turn around and leave. If you need to talk and do something, just do so quietly. If you need to have your visits, maybe visit out in the parking lots. But tonight, let's leave quietly, thinking, being very acutely aware of what we're saying and what we're doing. The beauty of the night is in that. I have no sermon tonight. Our words, our work tonight is the message for the night. So we're going to go ahead and begin. I think at every table, there's going to be a leader. And we're going to have different points um, be taken care of. If you're not one of those leadership folks, relax and just enjoy our time together. The central theme of the Passover is redemption. For us, Passover means not only the physical exodus from Egypt, but our spiritual passing over from the bondage of sin as well. The aim of the Seder meal on this night of the Passover is to bring the events and miracles of the past deliverance from Egypt into the present moment. Each of us is gathered here and we are to feel as though we had personally come out of bondage. We are asked to bear witness to God's redeeming action in the past, to act in conformity with his will in the present and to renew our hope in the future and the hope in the further redemption. We gather for this sacred celebration in the presence of loved ones and friends with the signs of festive rejoicing around us. Together with the whole house of Israel, both young and old are linking the past with the future. We respond in faith to God's call to service. We gather here to observe the Passover. As it is written, The Feast of Unleavened Bread must be kept because it was on the same day I brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Keep that day from age to age. In praising God, we say that all life is sacred. In kindling these festive lights, we were reminded of life's sanctity. With every holy candle we light, the world is brightened to a higher harmony. We praise you, O Lord our God, King of the universe who hallow our lives with commandments and bid us to light these festive holy lights. We have blessed this day in the Kaddish and called to mind the holiness of this festival commanded by the Lord. The candles we have lighted praise God for the holiness of all life. Now let us prepare to drink the first 
the Kiddush, or a cup of sanctification. Traditionally, four times during the meal, wine is taken, recalling the four terms in the Exodus story, which describes God's action in rescuing the Israelites. I brought you out. I saved. I redeemed. We bless the wine in every food which is eaten, in every action which takes place, as a gesture of thanksgiving to the Creator of all things. Our history teaches us that in varied ways and in different words, God gave promises of freedom to our people. With cups of wine, we recall each one of them as now the first. I am Yahweh. I will free you from the burdens which the Egyptians lay on you. We raise the Kiddush cup and proclaim the holiness of the day of deliverance. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who have kept us in life, sustained us, and brought us to this session of joy. In the springtime each year, the season of rebirth and renewal, we read from the Song of Songs. This poetry of nature and of love recalls for us the love between God and the people of Israel and their covenant relationship. The parsley, or other green herbs, symbolize the growth of springtime, and it is a sign of hope and renewal. See, winter is past. The rains are over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. The season of glad songs has come. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, creator of the fruit of the earth. The leader will break the middle matzah on his plate. He will wrap the larger half in a cloth and conceal it as the afikoman. This matzah is later shared as the final food in the Seder. but now serves as a visible reminder of the hidden Messiah whose appearance is expectantly awaited. So leaders, just go ahead and do that. This is the bread of affliction, the poor bread which our ancestors ate in the land of Egypt. Let all who are hungry come and eat. Let all who are in want share in the hope of Passover. As we celebrate here, we join with people everywhere. This year we celebrate here. Next year in the land of Israel. Now we are still enslaved. Next year may we all be free. The instruction is this, is that the first of the leaders, three matzahs will be, will be broken and then distributed. So the leaders at this time, if you'd break the bread on your table and pass it around. All right, so let us pray this prayer together. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who brought forth bread from the earth, 
We praise you who hallow our lives with commandments and have commanded us regarding the eats of matzah and manna. Matzah is used to recall the fact that the dough used by the fleeing Israelites had no time to rise before the act of redemption. Mara, the top of the horseradish root, symbolizes the bitterness of the past suffering of the Jews in Egypt. Haroset is on the plate. It's a mixture of apples, spices, wine, and nuts. Symbolizes the mortar that the Jews used in carrying out Pharaoh's labor. According to ancient custom, the maror, the haroset, are eaten between the two pieces of matzah. So you'd break the piece of matzah on your plate in half and then place some of the, I'll just call it the the haroset and the, I don't think we have the, uh, the, the horseradish. We spared us tonight. Next year, when we've practiced up one more time, horseradish is on the plate in full force. But we'll put some in, the, in between and we'll eat it. But first, let's say our prayer together. <coughs> in each of these three elements, we see the symbols of our story, the matzah of freedom, the mara of slavery, the haroset of toil. For in the time of bondage, there is hope of redemption. At this time, we will take some of that other and put it between your breads and eat. The youngest person will now ask four traditional questions. It will serve as an introduction to the scriptures. The questions are asked by the youngest because each generation is obligated to make the exodus its own. And because the parent is obligated by Scripture to recount for his or her children what the Lord has done for them. At this point, our youth will speak. Why does this night differ from all other nights? On all other nights, we eat leavened bread. Why on this night only matzah? On all other nights, we eat all kinds of herbs. Why on this night only bitter herbs? On all other nights, we do not dip our herbs at all. Why on this night must we dip them twice? On all other nights we eat in an ordinary manner. Why on this night do we dine with special ceremony? There are many questions to answer. Now we begin to respond to them. Our history moves from slavery towards freedom. We were slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt, and the Lord freed us with a mighty hand. Had the Lord not delivered us from Egypt, we, our children, and our children's children, would still be enslaved. Therefore, even if all of us were wise, if all of us were people of understanding and learned in the law and the prophets, it would still be our obligation to retell the story of the exodus from Egypt. Anyone who searches deeply into its meaning is considered praiseworthy. What is the meaning of the Pasch? This Pasch represents the Paschal Lamb, which our ancestors sacrificed to the Lord in memory of the night on which the Holy One passed over the houses of our ancestors in Egypt, as it is written. And when your children ask you, what does this ritual mean? You will tell them, it is the sacrifice of the Passover in honor of Yahweh, who passed over the houses of the sons and daughters of Israel in Egypt, but spared our houses. What is the meaning of the unleavened bread? 
It is the bread of affliction, which our ancestor took with them out of Egypt. For it is written, they baked cakes with the dough which they had brought from Egypt, unleavened because they had been driven out of Egypt with no time for dallying and had not provided themselves with food for the journey. What is the meaning of the marer? The marer means bitter herb. It symbolizes the bitterness of past sufferings, which our ancestors experienced in Egypt. As it is written, the Egyptians forced the children of Israel into slavery and made their lives unbearable with hard labor, work with clay, with brick, and all kinds of work in the fields. They forced on them every kind of labor. This part of the service ends with the prayers of thanksgiving God through chanting one of the psalms words, drinking the second cup of wine, the cup of deliverance. Together let us pray and sing one psalm, 114. When Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of strange language, Judah became his antiquary, Israel his dominion. The sea looked and fled, Jordan turned back, the mountains skipped like rams, the hills like lambs. What ails you, O sea, that you flee? O Jordan, that you turn back? O mountains, that you skip like rams? O hill, like lambs? Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, who turns the rock into a pool of water, the flint into a spring of water. With the second cup of wine we recall the second promise of liberation. It is written, and on that day you shall explain to your children, this is because of what Yahweh did for me when I came out of Egypt. It is not only our ancestors that the Lord redeemed, but he redeemed us as well along with them and all generations to come. We are bound to thank, praise, honor, and honor. The meal is customarily begun with hard-boiled eggs flavored with salt water. The egg is symbolic of new growth, new hope, new life. Each person can dip a slice of the egg in salt water and eat it. The meat is eaten according to the custom that the flesh of the lamb is to be eaten, roasted over a fire. It must be eaten with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. We believe that at this point in the Lord's Supper, Jesus instituted the Eucharist. We read in Luke's Gospel that He took bread, and when He had given thanks, He broke it and He gave it to them, saying, This is My body which will be given for you. Do this as a memorial of Me. As we now share the bread of the Afikoman, let us realize that the fellowship which binds us together is the grace and peace we share as members of the body of Christ. At this point you get to eat some more of the bread if you have some left. If not, share. Luke's account continues. He did the same with the cup after supper. And Jesus said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which will be poured out for you. 
Here we clearly see the connection between the cup of Jesus' new covenant and our final cup of the Seder, the cup of redemption. Let us together take up our cups of wine and recall the final promise. As As it it is written, written, I will redeem you with... We have now celebrated our unity in this symbolic meal and sharing this bread and this wine. We recall the words of the Lord Jesus at this point in the Last Supper. Peace I leave you, my own peace I give you, a peace the world cannot give. Let us now offer one another an appropriate sign of the peace we have experienced here as the company of believers gathered to celebrate these mysteries of our faith. Let us conclude our ritual by joining our hands and hearts in praying the words which Jesus offered to his Father for us on the night we recall here. Holy Father, keep those you have given me true to your name, so that they may be one as we are one. I am not asking you to remove them from the world, but to protect them from the evil one. Consecrate them in truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. May they all be one. You are in me. I am in you. So that the world may believe it was you who sent me. Let us bless each other. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord let his face shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord look upon us kindly and grant us peace. Amen. Then he summoned Moses and Aaron in the night. He said, Rise up. Go away from my people, both you and the Israelites. Go worship the Lord, as you said. Take your flocks and your herds, as you said. And be gone, and bring a blessing on me too. Egyptians urged the people to hasten their departure from the land, and that is what they did. At this point, we'll go ahead and go to the sanctuary. The Lord be with you. Let us join in singing verses 1 and 2 of hymn 109 in your hymnal. Thank you. 
confession to God. I, a troubled and penitent sinner, confess to you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have offended you, and for which I justly deserve your punishment. But I am sorry for them, and repent of them, and pray for your boundless mercy. For the sake of suffering and death of your Son, Jesus Christ, be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being, forgive my sins, 
remember about six, seven weeks ago when we had Ash Wednesday, we said that we'd make a solid confession on that night, but we would not hear a complete word of absolution until this night. So on this night here, after all of these weeks of making confession and making our repentance and reading God's word and praying and asking the Holy Spirit to turn our lives back to him, live fully for him tonight, we hear his words that we are forgiven. Almighty God, in His mercy, He has given His Son to die for us. And for His sake, He forgives us all our sin. Through His Holy Spirit, He cleanses us and He gives us power to proclaim the mighty deeds of God who called us out of darkness in the splendor of His light. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by His authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. This, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And the Lord be with you. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up for this part. This is a place we honor our Lord. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give Him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and proper that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to You, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who accomplished the salvation of mankind by the tree of that cross, that where death arose, their life might also rise again, and that the serpent who overcame by the tree into the garden might likewise by the tree of the cross be overcome. Therefore, with the angels and the archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you. In the night which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. He gave thanks. He broke it and he gave it to his disciples. He said, take and eat. This is my body. It is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks. He gave it for all to drink. He said, this cup, it is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Our table prayer is the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. At this point, we have a, it's a special night for us in many ways. All right, Mr. Bray, come on up. So this in the last couple of weeks, um, one of our younger members has been going, come up here, stand next to me, strong man, has been going through a First Communion instruction. And um, what we believe about Holy Communion has been shared with him. And tonight he will receive that. The bread that we held up is bread that he made with his own hands last night. Baked it in the oven right over there using a recipe that's very old. It is great bread. We ate actually that recipe every week, but he made it for us tonight. He actually poured some of the wine cups for us that would be distributed tonight. And um, that's always exciting. 
These are the questions that we, we can get in the small catechism relating to First Communion and what we believe as Christians is Holy Communion. So I get to ask him, but not to put all the stress on this young man, we're all going to say the answers together, all right? So, young man, what is the sacrament of the altar? And we answer, it is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ under the bread and wine instituted by Christ himself for us Christians to eat and to drink. All right, and where is this written? The Holy Evangelists, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and St. Paul write, Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take ye, this is my body, which is given for you. This is the remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, what is the benefit of this eating and drinking? These words given and shed for you boldly eating and drinking do such great things? Certainly not just eating and drinking do these things, but the words written here, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. These words, along with the body of eating and drinking, are the main thing of the sacrament. Whoever believes these words has exactly what they say, forgiveness of sins. Who receives this sacrament worthily? Fasting and bodily preparation are certainly fine outward training, but that person is truly worthy and well prepared with that faith in these words, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. But anyone who does not believe these words or cross them is unworthy and unprepared for the words for you and require all hearts to believe. All right, let's say a prayer for you. Let's come over here and stand by your mo- in front of your family. Why don't you put a hand on the shoulder if you can reach out? Can you reach out a little bit? Here we go. You can reach. Here you go. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this young man. Thank you for a Christian family that you've instructed over the years to know you. And now, Lord, they have worked to make you known in this young man. Lord Brandon, Lord, we stir up in his heart your Holy Spirit. When he receives this sacrament this day and the rest of his life, will he trust the words that what Jesus did on the cross is for him and for the forgiveness of his sins, that he will have life with his family, his friends, and all who believe. Lord, continue to work in him and his family and this whole church. They will gather and grow in knowledge of you and in faith of you and in life with you from this day on until the day we get to meet you in heaven. Whatever comes for us, Jesus' return or our body to the grave. Either way, Lord, stir up in this man, this young man, and raise him to know what this day means. Thank you for bringing him here to us. Thank you for this celebration. And in Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. All right. All are welcome at the Lord's table. If you are baptized in the name of the Holy Trinity, if you believe that the sacrament of Jesus' body and blood is for you and for the forgiveness of your sin, you are welcome and you are invited to come to this holy meal. The table is ready. Go and have a seat until you're ushered forward.
invite you to stand for the blessings and prayers. The body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in His grace. Amen. Let us pray together. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that we have received your body and blood in this sacrament. Through your life laid down for us, you have given us new life. Strengthen us in faith and loving service to you and others through your presence. In your name we pray. As he has blessed us by his word and his sacrament, Jesus remains with us. As we remember him, let us share with others what he has freely given to us. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in Him. Just after Judas had left to betray Him, Jesus, in His good time, washed the disciples' feet, inaugurated a new commandment to love one another, and observing the Passover, instituted a new meal in the Lord's Supper for the life of the church. After Jesus' arrest in the Garden of Gethsemane, the time for his death was drawing near. I invite you to go ahead and have a seat. We will continue now with the stripping of the altar.
stars refuse the light. Once I have first as his birth, now in hiding, letting darkness recur through the garden in the evening of despair. Not my will.